Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Friendly Ex-Muslim Podcast. I'm joined with a special guest today, a Malaysian ex-Muslim. Who am I speaking with? What is going on in the Muslim world today? Well, if you haven't noticed, I haven't been keeping track of the count, but there are more and more apostates coming out of the woodwork every day. Every day I'm talking to people that, to that tell me that they left Islam, they always had doubts, they were sort of ex-Muslim. The Muslim community is full of people just like Fairuz here that either they left Islam and we haven't heard the story or the nominal Muslim. So I think there's a big change coming. Today I'm excited to introduce you to Fairuz. Fairuz was born in a Muslim family and wanted to leave Islam. So he officially renounced the religion. Okay, officially renounced it. Like he went and he told the government. And he was forced to attend counseling and psychotherapy sessions for four years. To complicate matters, he has a Christian wife. He then received an order from the Sharia officers to put him in a detention center. So he left the country and went to Sweden. Now, there's going to be quite a twist in the story. The Swedish authorities told him to convert back to Islam. Convert <laughs> back to Islam and go to Malaysia. So it's quite a wild story. I know I've heard of, uh, you know, I interviewed another, uh, another fellow by, by the name of Mohammed, Skeptic Mohammed. Uh, and he's in Sweden too, and he was also seeking asylum. And he had a difficult time with the asylum authorities as well. So I have heard, like, it can be tough, you know, with the, you know, they don't want to be Islamophobic or whatever. So how is it in Sweden right now? It's kind of cold, right? Oh, it's in Sweden it's right now. It's minus, minus three. It's very cold, super cold, very dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Getting used to it because you're coming from a, like, how is it? How is it in Malaysia right now? Would it be warm right now? Malaysia is perfect. It's heaven. Yeah, you see, <laughs> it's you see, Malaysia, Malaysia. If you ask me, if I compare to Sweden and Malaysia, definitely I'll choose Malaysia. If there is, <laughs> there is no Sharia, I will go back to Malaysia. <laughs> so, so let's let's start with your. Um, tell us about yourself. How are you doing today? Oh, oh, I'm I'm okay. Not bad. Fifty yeah. fifty. I won't say I'm great. I, I'm good. I won't say that. Yeah. So I'm I'm okay. Surviving. So so th this was important to you when we talked, mm -hmm. we talked on Twitter yeah. and um, you told me mm -hmm. why you want to do this. Do you want to tell mm -hmm. everyone like, why is it you want to do this? What is your motivation? Yes. You see, the main reason why, you see, I've been, uh, how to say that uh, the reason why I came to online is to show to the world what is happening in Malaysia. You see, Malaysia has been a cosmetic country whereby the authorities are not telling the truth. They're hiding it. People like me, like a posted, okay? I've been prosecuted. I've been uh, given a lot of mental torture. I've been harassed. And then no one is know outside there. For example, like for example, I come to Sweden, you know, I seek asylum in Sweden. People don't know Malaysia is having a dual system as well. Malaysia have a dual parallel system working together, for example, like Sharia mm -hmm. and civil. So my main reason is to tell to the world, yes, Malaysia Sharia system is prosecuting apostates. No more sensitive because if you ask this matter in Malaysia, they will say, shh, keep quiet. It's a sensitive issue. This is what you get each time from mm. the people outside, you know, mm. the majority, majority people. Whenever mm -hmm. you say, you know, I want to, you know, you want to do something about apostasy, they will say sensitive issue, do not talk. 
So I think this is the best platform for me to talk. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yes. we we definitely want to go against what they want, which is they don't want us to talk. We want to talk. We want people to know what's going on. Exactly. Transparency is always better, and you're a very transparent person. Um, mm -hmm. I just want to share the message. Greetings from Singapore Council of Ex-Muslims Singapore in solidarity with AMM and mm -hmm. Feluz. Mm -hmm. So just want to share that message. So yes. tell us about let's go let's go to your childhood. Let's see what was your background before you left Islam. Can you tell us? About okay, that? okay. You see, my background is basically uh, how to say that my uh, my grandfather is an imam. Mm -hmm. Okay, he's a very oh, yeah. we are we are very staunch family. Okay, mm -hmm. my mom was a Malay, my father is a mix. He's have a mix a bit with uh, some Indian, but he as well is very staunch. Both of them are very staunch, and we are very good muslim family you know we, we we pray we fast since small i see them doing that you know so i came from that type of family i have started to recite you know the the what they call that the muqaddam the 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 mini version of the quran since i'm very small mm. i started to you know recite that so if you ask me i started islamic when i'm very very young i can say i'm maybe six seven i started already so by the age of uh, 11, I have completed the Quran itself. But the problem in Malaysia, you only read and you don't understand. You read and read and read, you memorize, but mm -hmm. you don't understand what you're doing. Yeah. So since, and, and, and the, the, the thing is, I started to realize that Islam is not for me when the age of nine, I'm so sorry not to offend anyone, okay? Not to offend anyone can be Muslims or anyone. With the age of seven, I'm so sorry, I stabbed a Quran. I'm so sorry to say this. I spit it as well. I know it's wrong, you know, to, to, you know, to mock another religion or belief. But I'm a small kid, you know. Even right now, I don't know why I'm doing that. I've done that before. So... Were you upset about, like, what... what... What caused you to to do that? Like, what was um, were you angry at something? Were, were you you felt like limited? What, what was the issue? Okay, the reason is force. Everyone is forcing me. You know. Okay, you oh, need to be Islam. Okay. For example, like parents. Oh, you you need to pray. You go. For example, you are doing something that you wanted to do, and they say, "That's it. Go and do." So it's become more law. You know, compare it compared to something else. Like, for example, maybe you are coloring when you're small and suddenly your parents say, that's it, stop, go, go and do the namaz, go and do the salat, whatever. You feel the frustration, that is one. Secondly, when you go for recite a Quran or whatever, you know, you need to go have some, take some time and you don't know what you're doing. You don't understand. Mm -hmm. It's just mm -hmm. because someone is doing mm -hmm. and your parents is telling, please do it. So you're following, you become a follow Muslims. You know, since I small, I, I since yeah. small, I have this feeling in me. Why mm -hmm. am I doing this? Okay. I see. I see. Okay. But yeah, continue. What happened then? So you you were young, and you left Islam. You told me as a kid. Yes. For example, How did that happen? Yeah. The, okay. You see, in Islam, everything is about iman, right? Iman. Everything is about inner. I don't have that already. I read. I pretend to my parents, I pretend to the school, I pretend to the Ustad, I pretend to everyone. But inside me, that's it. No one. 
I'm considered like I'm really like started to become atheist. I have mm. no intention to become an Islam since I'm nine years old. And each time, for example, you see, like I have a, a translation version of Quran at back my home as well. We have that. So we have in Malay version, we have in English, we have Hadith. When I read Hadith, I don't know what to say. All these things started to, you know, like question me back. Mm. What are you doing? Who, who is this person? You know, or what is this religion all about? You started to question by my since I'm nine years old. Mm. I'm graduated in biotechnology. Oh, yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so I'm more on science person. If you, if you see me like, you know, I'm more on science. And when I think about like what I have decided and everything, I really feel that it does not make sense. So basically, if you ask me why in the very early age, you know, early age when I'm a, I'm a child, I started to take that decision. I have no idea at all until now. But I think that is the, at the trigger point mm. that I'm here right now. Wow. So um, you were into science and you were seeing the the hadith so i guess most muslims don't read hadith right how were you no. exposed to hadith today did, did you read on your own uh was someone teaching you in the mosque or something how where, where did that clash happen you see i i told you like my my grandfather was an imam oh yes so he, yes yes so so you know he have a collection of books of sunnah hadith and quran and uh you don't know you have other others books as well like you know like uh apologetics books and some other things but the hadith was something that is looks very interesting the cover you know the cover looks very interesting for me that time and then it's written that it's a hadith so in malay they say hadith so when i take this hadith book and started to read i started to feel confused like what 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 is the saying al-bukhari why he say that you don't know saying about prophet you know that and this that i don't want to mention anything sensitive you know people might get offended but this is the trigger point because the book is at my home itself where I sleep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you had access to it in your house because your, your father was an imam. I uh, sorry, grandfather was an imam. Yes, and, yes. Um, and so this is when you got into a class. Did you ask anyone about your, your issues? Did you keep Definitely. it to yourself? How did yeah, they yeah. react? I asked to my, in Malaysia, we call him, you know, no, we call him Ustad, Ustad, Ustaza. That is what we call in Malay. So yeah. when I asked to my Ustad, I say, Ustad, why it's like this? It's written. And he said, get out of my class. Stand outside. Oh, wow. This is the reaction I get. Normally, when he looked at me, he said, this guy, Firos, is a troublemaker. Yeah. In school. <laughs> when it comes to, for example, uh, uh, we call that class Agamu, that is the religious teaching in Islam. When mm -hmm. this guy comes in, he will throw a lot of questions. So what I will do, I will say, don't question me. Sit behind. So this is how people started to, you know, started to uh, think that I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm going out of the topic. For example, I asked, I read this hadith teacher, you know, it stated that Muhammad have two wives, example, or three wives, uh, they are on the same bed. So what are they doing? You know, it's, it's, it's because everything is written there very precisely. And the, 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 I mean, the teacher will say, okay, that's it. Stop it. You go and sit behind. I don't want to talk anything to you. So this is how I got this reaction. But the funniest part, in all of my examination, I got credit and more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in Islam. So, so when you, did, I, you did well. 
I did I did very very well. I did yeah. very well until the college. I went to college and university. I can say when it comes to the religious class, I'm the toppest. <laughs> and my teacher always praised me. You know, this guy is example, but they don't know what's in my iman is all about inside. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So what so what happened after that then? So after that, what happened is that uh, when is this during my school time or after my school time? Mm-hmm. When I'm yeah, eleven years old. Time. Okay. Yeah. Okay, eleven years old. So when I was like eleven years old, I started to have a lot of question in my mind, and then I started to not to go to the religious, you know, classes, and then my parents will send me to, you know, for example, we have small small mosque whereby you can recite the Quran. I started to not to go there. They will drop me. I'll just go somewhere else. <laughs> and I'll just pretend that, you know, okay, I, I, I completed this. I skipped that. But I have, we call that what is in Malay, we say hatam. I have completed the Quran itself. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And yeah, then, you, said, uh, you said it, right? Yes, I finished Quran. And then, uh, with, officially, I finished the Quran. And then they say, and my, my mother wants me to become an imam. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So she really, she really like forced me. She said, you know, you need to be example. You need to guide another Muslim, you know, to Jannah. You need to go to, the, you know, bring them to, in Malay, we call Shurga. If you yeah. go to Shurga, bring them. You got a lot of, you know, pahala. You got a lot of good things, good deeds. Mm. So this is what every day I listened from my mother. You need to do what, that. What's Shurga? Sorry? What's Shurga? Shurga means heaven. Oh, okay. Heaven. So. Anna. It's Jannah, Jannah. Yeah. You see, for example, like your parents is telling, you know, do this and Allah will give you strawberry. Ask with Allah, he give you mm-hmm. ice cream. Oh, okay. Ask to Allah, he give you one thing. You know, <laughs> so you need to sit and ask, you know, you 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 are uh, uh, what they call a Jannah person. Ahli Shurga, it means you are a Jannah person. You are mm-hmm. a member of Jannah. How, you see, in, my, in that point of time, I want to, I asked my mom, I said, did you see Jannah? Where is that? Yeah. Where is that? How 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 do I need to go there? And she said, "Don't question." So she came me. Pop. Don't question. Don't question. Kenny. That's it. You know we are afraid when you are small. You don't open the mouth, and that's it. So this thing is keep on going for a very long time. Even though I'm, uh, you know, in Malaysia we have a secondary school. Yeah. Onwards, uh, thirteen years until uh, seventeen years. You know. So same thing because another one when you go you are getting adult you started to learn a lot of things like me I learned a lot of things in Islam and the, another problem is I can tell you another one yeah. Malaysian history itself is so confused because oh, yeah. Malaysia history is a beautiful history we have a very good history okay if you refer back and I don't understand why suddenly there is an Arabic history is coming in into our history yeah I have no idea <laughs> and then yeah, influence from the from the islam right exactly but the problem is the, the, how to say that it's it's too much for me if you ask me it means you so the history should be history not more on religious teaching yeah yeah so so two things one is what you said earlier about when when they promised jannah that you know mm. parents tell kids uh, you'll get ice cream and strawberries yes. and this and that when those kids get older then mm. the imam tells them you'll get hoodies and you'll yes. get sex and you know exactly it's, funny, it's just like kids growing up and the, the religion is actually for basically infantile men exactly. basically right it's exactly. it's promising physical lusciousness it's promising wine and it's promising you know carpets and mm-hmm. you know like 
you know, rivers that you could flow under and couches of gold and houses mm -hmm. of silver and gold. <laughs> so uh, it's pretty funny. And what you said about the, um, the Arabic influence on Malaysia, mm. I do agree with you that it tends to, Islam tends to come Mm. And depending on how religious it is, and depending mm -hmm. on if it's the Salafis or the Wahhabis mm -hmm. or the other other sect or the other schools of thought, they tend to like kind of you know ruin, ruin the culture, take away the local traditions, take away the local yes. dress, exactly make everything black. You know, sometimes even mm. like niqab comes mm -hmm. in Afghanistan. You have the burqa mm -hmm. in Iran. You know, mm -hmm. Iran used to be liberal. They used to have skirts and they used to have mm. all the things, and then the Islamic Republic came and it became all hijabs officially government mm -hmm. mandated. Now they're fighting for the rights to take off the hijab, right? Mm. So I when, it, I think of, when I think yeah. of Malaysia, I don't think mm -hmm. of like Iran, but I is it like that in all of Malaysia? Some of Malaysia, parts of it, like how is it? How is this like thing happening in Malaysia? And you go see, ahead. Sorry. you see, if you take back the history, I don't know how many people know that. I, I, you know, I'm a part of research as well. I research a lot of things, including mm -hmm. history. Yeah. Malaysia itself, the initial government, I mean, the initial government is from Vijaya Atungan, Varman. He is the one who initiated everything. This is in the, you know, few years back, year of, you know, AD or BC something. So they were Hindu. The, the Malays was Hindu and mm -hmm. then they became Buddhist. Mm -hmm. And then there is a Islamization from Arabs, from the traits. Yeah. And then most of them converted. The yeah. Sultan, we have Sultan, you know, we have, we have, uh, we have 14 states in Malaysia. Mm -hmm. Except for Sabah Sarawak, we have a very uh, another beautiful land, another site, mm -hmm. and we don't have kings there. But we have kings in the main peninsula. We have uh, what they call that Sultan each states. So this each state started to adapt uh, Islamic religion in their lives. So if you see the history, they will say that Paramiswara have converted. Okay, the Paramiswara have converted. So from that, the history started become a Muslim. Mm, so before that, yes, yeah. before that. The it's history. always political, isn't it? Exactly. Before that, it was a Hindu-Buddhist government was ruling Malaysia. If we check the history from uh, Kataha, Kataha is Kada. It's a state they call Kataha in mm -hmm. Sanskrit. Uh, in the northern part, that is the initial of Malaysian government. They call that uh, uh, Krajaan Lama, uh, you know, uh, I mean, Kada. It means it's a very old government. That okay. was a Hindu-Buddhist. And then comes to Malacca, another state, and then it became Muslimization. It started to, you know, uh, mm -hmm. people started to accept and yeah, uh, Islamization. Yes, Islamization, yeah. and then the kings and the sultans become Islam, and then the Muslim. culture, the, the beautiful culture started to, you know, reduced. You know, the culture started to fade away, and then uh, we was being uh, invaded by the Cholas, you know, the Chola, the Chola kingdom from uh, South Indian, so they yeah. invaded yeah. us. And then uh, the Sri Vijay Kingdom was collapsed. And then after that, we have no way out. And then the Islamization taken advantage that time. They came, they came because that's normal, right? Because when we know people, we started to convert a new adaptation, new religion. That's how it happened right now. But Malaysia was a very beautiful country, I think, until 1970s. We have a very beautiful people. We have a multicultural people living together under one roof. We have Chinese, we have Indians, we have Malays, we have Sarawakian, we have Sabah, we have Punjabis, we have multiracial races, beautiful people, beautiful culture. Look right now where it's going. Islamization. 
And I think the reason for that is maybe you can disagree or agree. Tell me. I feel mm. like Hinduism and Buddhism can be more tolerant. Let's put it like that. I don't want to say it is more tolerant, but it can mm-hmm. be more tolerant, mm-hmm. can be more pluralistic, can be more forgiving and more accepting of different things. Would you agree with that? Whereas Islam is, you know, it can be way more rigid. You know, don't allow, you know, women to show their beauty. Some, some, you know, many, many schools of thought consider music to be haram. Art, mm. you cannot have any statues. Has to mm. be like abstract. Uh, so there's a lot more restrictions on Islam, which mm-hmm. is why it, when it comes into a society, you mm-hmm. know, it becomes this filter and it cuts out a lot of stuff from the, the natural culture, right? Exactly. You see, back in Malaysia, if you ask me, in Malaysia itself, they want numbers. This is the main problem. The government itself is the Islamic government. It is so-called democratic, but the population is at least 70% is majority Sunni Muslims. If you are Shia, that's it. You have been caught. In Malaysia, if you are Shia Muslim, you will be caught. But the problem is, I don't understand the investors as well is from Iran. How is that possible? You know, Iran is a is a Shia Shia country. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's how, a lot of there's a lot of weird um, politic political games these countries play. Mm-hmm. Yes. You see, like example, like Malaysia. If you are, if you talk back, like you, you look at our Petronas, the investors mostly from Iran. That's a Shia. Mm-hmm. But why are you catching Shia people who are practicing Shia yeah. in Malaysia? So that is one. Another one. We have a. Uh, you see. Uh, in Malaysia, it's all about numbers. You see, I, I will tell you after this, you know, we will move on, on that as well because yeah. when I ask the Sharia judge, okay, a Sharia judge, I ask him, I say, why are you doing this to me? I say to him. I was kind of pleading to him, you know, in the court. Uh, so before we get there, so, so tell me yes. what happened. How did you end up in the Sharia court? Let's talk about okay. that. Then tell me what okay. happened in the court. So yeah. this is, yes, because all this happened, you know, I told you, you know, I'm not interested in Islam and I was just pretending yes. in school and everything. That's his story close. The problem raised when I was in university, okay, the university. And then, you know, I started to have a, a relationship with a, a Christian woman. But the, we don't talk religion because we are very open. Yeah, I don't share her religion. I don't share my belief to her. We are mm. just in relationship. That's it. We talk about places. We talk about books, educational. That's it. Beautiful. Yeah, that's that's because, the best. <laughs> you <exactly>. know, <laughs> po- politics <laughs> and religion can actually ruin relationships. <laughs> exactly. So so many people, even in my college, I'm like my how to say my my professors and. Uh, they always see me and they will ask me that, are you really sure you're going to do this? They say, you know, you're in a relationship with a, you know, a Christian woman and everything. For them, like, okay, this woman is going to convert in. It's very common in Malaysia. If a person, you know, if a person is uh, a coupling or uh, together with a Muslim yeah. person, can be woman or guy, they'll automatically assume, okay, the person is going to convert. Yeah, to Islam. To eh? Islam. Yeah. Yes. This is an automatically, this is a law. A law in Malaysia that you cannot renounce Islam, but you can just take three minutes. Like my friend, he converted within five minutes, okay? And he got cash money and he got free marriage. He got a government job and everything. And his life is settled. Me, I'm struggling since I'm 18, right now I'm 34. I'm struggling until right now to renounce my religion. Imagine that. That's that's why we have to talk about it. This is why we need to raise awareness because 
it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't mm-hmm. like whether or not you follow a religion should be as meaningless as the color of your hair, right? Yes, or, and exactly. or as meaningless as the color of your skin, which shouldn't be relevant. It shouldn't be right nowadays. It is, mm-hmm. but it shouldn't be. It should be merit based, right? You we treat people, we give them jobs because they can do the job because exactly. we want people that can do good. If you're if you're having a surgery you want that doctor to know how to do the surgery <laughs> you don't want him to be specifically a certain color or oh, i we hired him because he's in this ethnic minority okay but he needs to be qualified or she needs to be qualified that's the yes. most important thing right and and whether and you know over over here we have a lot of this politics with you know uh, identity politics over there you have mm-hmm. this religious religious identity politics mm-hmm. which is just as bad right and and so actually it's much worse because over there it's straight up discrimination over mm-hmm. here at least is trying to address discrimination by doing this even though they're like basically doing reverse discrimination mm-hmm. um but yeah it's 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 basically it's it's religious faith-based bigotry against non-muslims and ex-muslims mm-hmm. in particular mm-hmm. like like in the malaysia you see as i mentioned to you the main reason that, you know, the reason why I went to the Sharia court to, to file in my petition to get out of the religion is, you see, we are just a normal human. We have rights to live. You know, this is one of the main, you know, uh, article that's in the nation, rights to live, rights to marry, rights to have a children, rights to profess what religion you wanted or without religion. There is a no force in religion. In Malaysia, we have five pillars like how is in Islam. There's a country principle, principalities. The first one is belief in God. In Malay, they say kepercayaan kepada Tuhan. It means you need to believe in God if you are a Malaysian. It's a compulsory. You cannot be an atheist for that. What if you, what if you were a deist? <laughs> you believed in God, but mm-hmm. you didn't believe in Islam or Christianity or any religion. Would that no, be okay? No, no, no. I have no, to be Muslim, no, no, basically no. Christian. If, if, for example, if you're born, you are born as this is a category, okay? If you're born as Malay, it means your parents are Malay, or either ones are Malay, you are born as Malay Islam. There is no Malay Christian, there is no Malay, you know, Malay Buddhist, nothing. Only mm. Malay Islam. And we have other categories, for example, like Chinese Muslims, Indians Muslims, Saints Muslims. All that in the same category. But the problem is the people who get converted, you know, the Mualafs who get converted, they can exit out of the religion, but their children cannot do that. Oh. For example, for example, if my father converted, for example, if my father is an Indian, example, he yeah. converted to Muslim, okay, and I born as an Islam, and my mom was a Malay. So I will follow Islam, and my mom is Malay. And my father can convert out to his initial religion, that is Hinduism, and I will be stuck in in this Islam. That is the oh, law. Interesting. So once you convert, your family and your descendants are exactly. stuck in Islam forever. Yes. yes. That's why in Malaysia, you can see how many hundreds of people right now, they're suffering. I can just say that, you know, the case keep on going, even though they are 60 years, 70 years, the case keep on going and going. It's not stopping. And I feel that, you know, this is what I need to expose. And uh, the world need to know that Malaysia is a part of a country that persecutes, you know, mm-hmm. all this uh, minority. Minority, I will, I will include the post that's Malays, like me, like 
maybe same similar like me and other people who are going out of the religion. And we have another category of minority that is non-Muslims. That is like, for example, like Indians or some other races. That is different topic. Mm. I won't touch that because people people know about uh, non-Muslim much more very detailed. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to highlight about this poster because I think this is the most important that people need to know. Because in Malaysia, according to Article 11, freedom of religion is guaranteed for everyone. This is the federal law. Okay. So it does not say that it's only applicable for uh, MLA or it's applicable for Chinese or Indians. No, it's for everyone. Mm-hmm. And the problem is each state come with their own rulings stating that the Muslim, who, that the Malay or others Muslim who are in Islam cannot renounce Islam. You're born as an Islam, you die as an Islam. Even though you Muslim. like it or not. Yes. Yeah. And and. Yes, sorry. Yes, please. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Um, I just want to say thank you to Al-Jazali1 for the $5 donation. He had a question about the mask or he was discussing the mask. Why do you wear a mask? Okay, uh, you see, the, the problem is uh, uh, I have a family. You know, I have a family. I have a kid. I have a wife. So if I expose my face, you know, people know my face. Even, you know, the Malaysian government, they know my face. People know yeah. my face. Even I'm right now in Sweden, the embassy know my face. You know, it's not safe for me. I'm so sorry. I wish to open this, but for you guys, you know, for you guys to save you all, like for us in Malaysia, I have to wear this for a while. Yeah. Let these things, you know, to resolve first, and then I will remove this out. I don't wish to wear this. I don't like to wear this. Yeah. I have no choice. Um, I have one more comment to hello, my fellow Malay. Muslim, I am Bumin Putera, just like him. Yes, That's what yes, I mean, yes, 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 yes. What is Bumin Putera? Is that a, what does that mean? Bumin Putera means the son of a soil, it means the land belong to us. <laughs> it son means of... Mal- Malaysia is initially belongs. This that's a wrong term, actually. Malaysia, okay. this is for everyone. Let me clarify this. Okay, let it yeah. go line. Okay, Malaysia belongs to Orang Orang Asli. That's it. Sorry, stop. That is the origins of Malaysia. The land belongs to them, not belongs to Malay, not belongs to Chinese, Indians, nothing doing. Mm-hmm. We came, according to history, we came from Indonesia, we came from Thailand, we came from India, you know. The initial people is Bumiputra, supposed to be okay, the aborigines. So okay, because of them, yes, the Malay population is higher. So the Malays right now become a Bumiputra. It means they became the son of the soil. They have the rights oh, on the land. Okay, I see. If you if you are an Indian example or Chinese, you don't have the rights on the land. Yes, you can buy a land, but you cannot say the land belongs to you. The country oh. belongs to the Malay. <laughs> it, Malaysia is a very sorry to say Malaysia is a very racist country. If you Google it, very <laughs> yeah. very racist. I'm so sorry. Very very racist. Like me, as a Malay, I can say Malaysian is freaking racist <laughs> yeah i guess <laughs> well, well and, and i mean we have issues here in canada too where um you know we have this problem with the treatment of the aboriginals and we're trying to fix that and you know there was residential schools mm. and a lot of abuse that happened to the aboriginal canadians um mm. but for like when you come to canada today mm-hmm. you are just as canadian as anyone else like you have the same you're exactly the same in every way you can whoa you can buy land you can own uh-huh. land you can buy businesses. There's no like, there's no second class citizen if oh, you're like okay. an immigrant, right? Yeah. If you become a citizen, 
Yes, citizen. That's it, right? Okay. In Malaysia, yeah. no, it does. It does not work that way. In Malaysia, oh. for, yes, no. We are. Uh, how to say that the we are the Malay are always the first class citizens. The mm -hmm. others, the others, are Chinese, Indians, yep. and others. They became the second class citizens. So it means we will pay lesser. For example, we want to take a bank loan. We have more discount. We want to buy a house. We get more discount. We get easily to go to university. We get easily to go get a government job. Do we you get, pay different taxes then? No, then, we don't have it? we don't have that. No, it, no taxes. Only, only that thing they never implemented. Oh, okay. Only that matter, the taxes are not being implemented. Other than that, they're doing it in other things. For example, okay. like if you are a son of so like he has like Bumiputra, if you are yeah. a Bumiputra, you get like, for example, like six percent of discount from your initial home loan. Whereas if you are a Chinese, you have to pay six percent, you know, a normal actual rate. And, uh, you know, these things really, if you ask me, this is a very pure discrimination mm. as a citizen of Malaysia. I, I, you see, when I come to Sweden, you see, people are treating me like Swedes <laughs> right now. You know, yeah, this, when, yes, when I speak in Swedish a little bit, and people, Swedish people are very beautiful people. They're very nice people. Yeah. They say, oh, yeah. Do, oh, yeah. They'll say this. Oh, do can Svensk. You can speak Swedish. Do us, do welcome in this area. They say, yeah. welcome to Sweden. Yeah. And this is how it's very nice to, to, to listen, you know. They treat us equally, but when it come to Malaysia, yeah. they will say, they will say, you know, I'm so sorry, like Malay, we will say, uh, the the Indians, they say, ah, you are drunk, and the Chinese, they say, you're pig. Mm -hmm. Wow. I've been very transparent. Okay. This. Is yeah, what yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, Sweden. I'm, the reason I'm smiling is one of the most like <laughs> egalitarian countries in the world. Like it's like way out there in terms of like you know the mm. rights towards people and mm. even even uh, like when you have a baby they like mm. you, you have so many benefits over there that yes, probably, yes. even, Can even yes. canadian benefits are less than you know swedish benefits yes yes um, so that's that's yeah that's disappointing i mean about the racism and stuff but that's definitely something that you know over time hopefully will will get less and less there's a question for mm. uh, you a super chat thank you stop scamming man for your 10 pound um, donation when Maratha said it would be just to murder the millions of French in revenge for colonialism, though Muslims are too nice to do it, I didn't hear an outcry by Malaysians. Did you see any reaction? Do you know what he's talking about? Do you know this incident? Oh, no, no, I have no idea regarding this guy. Okay, okay yeah, so no, go ahead. You do you want to say something? Yes, because Mahadir is our prime, he, he became prime minister twice, and yes, he, he blundered a lot of things, being very, very practical, <laughs> you know. He is yeah. the father of racist. I'm so sorry to say this. <laughs> yeah. Mahadir Muhammad, you, you, you are racist. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not scared, you know. I'm saying right now, the people of Malaysia, I'm right now a citizen of Malaysia, I'm telling you are the father of racist. You have created that. Our former prime ministers are not like that. Yeah. We have Tunku Abdul Raza as a beautiful gem of person. We have Tun Raza, beautiful gem of person. We have uh, Hussein On, beautiful gem of person. Even we have formally, we have, you know, uh, like short, short prime ministers, like Patlain and everything. But this guy is the father of discrimination. He started ah, yeah. everything. Mm, interesting. So um, one more last comment, then we'll get back to your story. Muslims keep accusing the West of racism. Ironically, the Middle East, particularly Qatar and Saudi Arabia, rank at the top for racism rates. That is so true because I've been there. And the West is basically worried about racism because the human rights and the values are like way up there it's that's that's a good thing that they care about racism mm -hmm. and that's a good thing that they respect all 
cultures and values and i mean not all i shouldn't say like that when i say respect all cultures there's bad things in culture too but what i mean to say is they try to respect all human beings no matter what the culture not we shouldn't respect all cultures that's stupid because some cultures are bad like honor killing is bad like you what you're telling me here about your country there's a lot of bad things there too so yeah but yeah the muslim world you know unfortunately it's way way behind in terms of racism like it's much much worse it's like over here in canada there's what's called covert racism in sweden mm -hmm. you will see very like you won't see the racism you won't feel it you won't you won't not will not feel racism most likely because the on the surface they they tried not to be racist now there will be some because we're humans we're tribal there is some covert racism but in many muslim countries it's not even covert it's over it's open racism yeah you're Depending on your nationality, you will get the job or you'll not get the job. You'll be able to buy land or not buy land. It's like open. It's like, yeah, we're gonna, you're treated differently based on your race. You're mm -hmm. treated differently based on your nationality or your citizenship. So for sure, I, I would say this is true. This is much worse, right? Yes. So, um, okay. So enough on the comments. Let's get back to your story. <laughs> okay. So where do we stop? So we were talking so, about Malaysia. We we're talking about the, you know, the the racism there and and, mm, and the, the, yes. Comments. So yeah, so so would, that yeah. is so that is all about a very brief and very detailed about this racism things are happening. Okay, back to my story in Sweden. So yes, back to my story in uh, not in in Sweden in Malaysia when I started mm. to in relationship with Shalia my yes yeah, with my girlfriend. That time we was like very very open everything we share everything except for religion and politics we don't speak about that so uh, you know uh after the university and then we started to go to working and everything mm -hmm. definitely in one point of time you want to get married right that is for sure how how atheist are you or uh, how non-muslim are you for example you came out religion you want to have a kid man you want to have a family so the problem is my national ID, I mean, everyone's the Malay born national ID will have a religious that call Islam. And my girlfriend's national ID will have nothing. We just say citizen, that's it. With these two ID, you cannot get married. Wow, you, you can't get marriage, married? No, the marriage is illegal according to the law. So, for example, like me and my girlfriend, if you want to get married, a normal civil registration, it cannot be done because I'm following, I'm false under the Sharia law. Malaysia is a country who practice two law running together. They do have clashes, but they have segregated the people. The Muslims falls under the Sharia law and the non-Muslims falls under the civil law. Okay, the federal law is the main, main, you know, the main ruling constitution. That is a different mm -hmm. story. Yeah. So in this matter, I cannot get married because if I need to get married, only one marriage that is Muslim marriage. I need to nikah with the person. Yeah. For me yeah. to nikah her, she need to convert. You know, we are very free person. Although she's Christian, yeah. I'm a very free person. I have no my will to get, you know, to get converted or I, I don't want. Islam. I already dumped yeah. it for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what I did was I walk in directly, walk in directly to the registration. We have a, a lot of registration department to states. I walk mm -hmm. in, bring my ice, my ID, yeah. and I say that this is this is very funny. I told to the person, 
she's a Malay, she's wearing hijab. This is very sensitive. This is what they say, sensitive issue. I bring my ID card and I show to her. I say, she said, what do you want? Do you want to change? Do you have a problem with your chip? I <laughs> said, no, the problem is me. She looked at me. She, what, what, what is, what is? I said, the problem is I don't want to be in Islam. Yeah. I said in, in, in Malay, I said, I don't want to be in Islam. She looked at me like zombie. <laughs> she, 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 there is a sound from her. Huh? You want to go out of the religion? He, she said, I said, yes, I, I, I don't want to be in Islam. I want to change this. What is the procedure? You know, can you help me to change this? Is there any form that I need to fill up? She said, can you wait here for a moment? I need to talk to my boss. <laughs> oh, my God. And I started to feel that, okay, who is the boss will be? And she went inside. She came back after 15 minutes and she said that my boss is calling you inside. And I said, why? Why, why? why is that so? You know, you can just talk to me right now. Why I need to go inside? They say, no, this, this is a very sensitive issue. You cannot talk it loudly outside. Other people might hear this, you know. You are offending an Islam. This is what she said. You are offending an Islam. Mm -hmm. You know, you cannot talk like this. Uh, can you please kindly go to the office? So I went. I went to the, a small office. So there is a guy, a, a Malay, Malay Muslim guy. And then he said that, oh, uh, he, he talked in a very nice way. He said, oh, I'm so sorry, sir. You can't do that because you falls under the Sharia law. And we can't do anything about that unless you get a official paper from the Sharia court stating that they are permitting you to going out of the religion, I mean, renouncing at Islam. And I say, how do I do that? They say, you need to file in a case. Like, what? <laughs> you see, in Sweden, in Sweden, if you don't want to be an example, if you don't want to be a Christian, or you, you don't want to be whatever you want to, you just go to the tax office, mm -hmm. you just inform them, that's it, story closed, finish. Mm -hmm. The same day, you know, you're yeah. done. And then the, and another one, Sweden does not endorse uh, religion you know, as a, in in a political mainstreams. Yeah. So you can change the religion every day. Today yeah. I become Muslim. Tomorrow I become Hindu. I become Buddhist. I become anything. Yeah. I become atheist. Yeah. So in Malaysia, it does not work that way, no. because you need to ask an approval from the Sharia law, Sharia court, that you are going out of the religion. Okay. So what I did was I asked with that person. I said, okay, can I get the address, please? And he said, you need to go to a state i was living in uh i worked in kuala lumpur but i'm living in selangor okay selangor is one of the state so he said you need to go to the shalam shalam is the like uh, a capital of a small capital for the state he said you need to go there and ask them you know i don't know more information about going out of the religion because people don't do it in malaysia they say mm. and i say why is that so he said because this is very sensitive and uh, I really advise you to talk with a lawyer before going in. This is what he said. So when he said lawyer. that, oh, yes, wow. talk to law lawyer before going there. So what I did was I contacted a few of the lawyers. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, like, uh, for example, my, my personal lawyer was, her name is uh, Helena. Helena, she was from Kajang, another state. And then I get some help from her as well. And then I asked with some non-Muslims lawyers. And they, you know what they said? This is in 2009. They said this. Ferus, get out of this country. Migrate to Australia if you can. This is what they said to me. Yeah. Before I initiate anything, they said, migrate to Australia, get your life, don't waste your time. Mm. And, I, you know, that time I was young. I was 20, you know, I was 22. And I was like, you know, I just want to do it, man. I want to get out of this religion. I want to be an atheist, man. 
You know, yeah. I don't care about anything. I just want to be who am I. I can okay. tell to people. I can, you know, I can tell people I don't believe I have dumb Islam. I have a family or whatever. So this is my, this is what I wanted to do. This is who am I. I want to be transparent. I'd want to become a, a dual person. In Malaysia, you know, you become a dual person. Yeah. Outside, you become an Islam. Suddenly, you become Islam. Because you're afraid. You can't say I'm an atheist. You cannot say I'm a Christian or whatever. Yeah. Because when you say that, people look at you again like zombie. There are <laughs> a lot of questions. And the problem, we have an app in Malaysia, a religious app. If someone questions you, or mm -hmm. if someone, they, they notice that you are doing out of something that is unlawful in Sharia law, they can just complain to the authorities. They can come and catch mm -hmm. you. So we are always afraid. I'm afraid of the thing. So this lawyer said, I'm so sorry. I can't do anything. Migrate. And they never say anything about asylum. I don't know anything about asylum. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I only know asylum when I'm in Sweden, you know? Yeah. I don't know anything about this. So I went to one lawyer, my lawyer, my, my first lawyer. Mm -hmm. And then my first lawyer said that, you know, uh, this is a very crucial and difficult situation. And because you're born as a Malay Muslim, you cannot go out of the, you know, you cannot go out of the religion. This is like a stamp in your body. And I said, I really need this to be done. I said, you charge me how much you wanted. And she really charged me how much she wanted. <laughs> and she said, okay, I will help you, but we need to twist the story a bit. I said, okay. how are you going to twist the story? She said, you know, you have recited Quran. You have been with your, you know, your grandfather was an imam and everything. If you say this to the Sharia court, they will say no. They will straight away send you to the rehabilitation center to give you counseling. And I say, what is the way? She asked me, is there anyone in your blood, for example, that can be your grandfather, grandmother, some other, like they are not a Muslim. Like my father's side, like two, three generations before they was Hindu. So I used that point. I want to become a Hindu. Because she said, you cannot become an atheist. In Malaysia, you need to have a religion if you want to revert back. <laughs> so, it's, so funny, from yeah. it's, it's from Islam to Hindu, Hindu mm -hmm. to atheist. You know? But the problem is, the Malaysian concept is one thing. Before you recite any religion, you need to renounce first. That is the law. You need to renounce as an Islam oh, first, and then you can accept any religion. Yeah. Yes. But this is only for Mualaf cases, not for born Islam like me, like Malay or Muslim, no. So, you know, the lawyer said, okay, we will do paperwork. I will get the papers for you. And then she said, because the initial paper, you need to bring and inform the lawyer. I was scared to death. For the first time ever, I scared to death because the lawyer says, just keep in mind, if they arrest you, you cooperate with them. This is what she said. If they arrest you, cooperate with them, don't question anything, follow whatever they say. This is what my lawyer told me. And I said, okay, fine, I will do it. I know the consequence is going to be bad, but I will try first. Let me try. We don't know, you know, because we are fighting for justice. I, I'm mistaken. I'm mistaken that I thought that people like us will get justice in Malaysia. If I know this, I won't do this. I won't initiate this. So people in public outside, if you ask me like Malaysian, if they're Malaysian, they want to renounce religion, I will say, don't do it. This is my advice because I have done that and this is very risky because once you initiate a, a coming, a, I mean, a, a initiate a process of renouncing, the police behind of you, private investigator behind of you, the court behind of you, religious authority behind of you, 
and then you know we you you have a lot of muslims uh, organizations that's they will you know they will hunt you they will look you they will try to you know drag you in the problem so i went to the sharia court and then i say to the you know the registrar i say that i wanted to renounce islam and she said immediately she said wait at the office no number nothing wait at the office so they bring me to the office, uh, you know, in the in the court itself, you have a lot of multiple offices. They bring me and they said, what is the reason you want to go out for the religion? Mm-hmm. And my lawyer already told me, she said that, don't say that, you know, you have a Muslim background. Just say you have a Mon Hindu background or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I say, you know, I, you know, I'm from a Hindu background, you know, you know, I, I go to temple. You know, <laughs> it's, it's a lie, but this is a way of doing it. Yeah. You know, so you know i i want to become a hindu i want to go out and then they said okay fine let let me talk and i need to talk to someone she ran half an hour she come back and she said do you have a lawyer i said i don't have a lawyer shall i stick someone you know like uh, like other lawyer like in the chinese or indian he said no according to the malaysian sharia law a lawyer must be a malay muslim imagine <laughs> who is going to defend you <laughs> wow your lawyer has to be muslim <laughs> yes. malay malay they need to be malay muslim lawyer that's that crazy. practicing that's so, crazy exactly so basically you know you know this is very fundamental thing in, in islam you cannot support people who are going off with the religion right you cannot like it's like looks like you are proscularizing some someone like you know you are encouraging a person to leave yeah. islam that's that's against yeah. the islamic law itself it's it's you know it's uh, it's haram so they said that to me and then i i have no idea and then i went back to that lawyer and said you know what should i do and she said okay fine let's fix this but the problem is i will never ever come to your court hearing you pay the money to the lawyer and she cannot come to the court hearing wow why not because they're afraid oh you know once the, the problem is first my lawyer said it's fine i will come once I do the submission, you know, you do the first submission, I became the plan. In Malaysia, they don't charge you if you come, you become a posted. They don't file on you first. We need to file in the court first. And okay. we became plaintiff, they become defendant. Got in it. this case, the first time I submitted in 2009, immediately they called the lawyer and said, are you going to represent this guy? Yeah. The religious department contacted oh. me and said, are you going to represent this guy? And she said, yes. Is that okay for us to rework your license of becoming an advocate? Immediately oh, they say that. They threatened her. Yes, they threatened her. And then she said, okay, fine. I'm not going to represent him, but I will help him to do only the documentation. So they say, fine. It's just a documentation. And then the, the, the weirdest part is, because this is very controversial, sensitive issue, I have no lawyer. Against me, defendant lawyer, I have six lawyers. Six lawyers against me, no lawyer. Religious department counsel, religious department, religious department police, uh, the registration department lawyer, all the lawyers sitting in front of me are looking at me. And they ask me, don't you have a lawyer? I say, I don't have a lawyer. Yeah. My lawyer my lawyer can't represent me. And yeah. they ask me suddenly, why? Why is that so? I say, I don't know. It's not allowed. Yeah. Yeah. And then they say, okay. This is every time they say it in the court to me. They say, you follow whatever we say. The defendant lawyer will tell to me, you follow whatever we say. And I was like, why I should listen to you? Because, you know, this is, I'm the one who are, you know, I'm the one who going out of the religion. Why I need to listen to you? 
They say, this is, this is what they say to me. This is Malaysia. This is a Muslim country. But actually, it's not. They say, this is a Muslim law, and you are born as Muslim. You follow whatever we say. So what can I do? My hands are tied up. Yeah. You know? So I just keep quiet. I filed in 2009. From 2009 and 2011, I haven't received nothing from the court. Two years. Two years. Nothing. Two years. Nothing. I contacted the court administration department. I contacted all the, you know, and they said, oh, I'm so sorry, Ferros. The act is being changed. You need to resubmit again. You know, you need to redo the resubmission again and you need to pay again money. Oh, my goodness. Again, I did that, you know, again, gathered the paper. You know, they try to make this thing very complicated so that you will give up. This is the plan in Sharia system in Malaysia, okay? So they, I did that. I said, okay, fine, I will do again. Again, pay for the lawyer. Again, get the paper, do submission and everything. Okay. At the end of 2011, the court called me. They said, okay, fine. You need to come for hearing. You know, in, in the court, we have all these uh, trials, hearing, discussion, and then they come with the result. And then they said, okay, do you have a lawyer? I said, I have no lawyer. So this is what I need to do. They said, you right now come wherever we ask to do this that's what they say they say you need to come i say why are you telling this to me offline they say you follow whatever i say i say fine where do I, do you want me to come come to move this office i say why i need to be there they say we need to talk to you so they bring me to move this office and they put a they put a chair and then they it's a very just a normal chair like they sit and then there is a you know the the defendant lawyer and then they say why are you doing this is this because of woman first is this because of woman you just bring the woman we convert her we give you some money is that okay with you? No, we give you money <laughs> many give me money they they the initial money is three thousand five hundred and then they say if she managed to convert they give nine thousand extra nine thousand Malaysian ringgit and I how say, much have you how much have you spent so far. At this 10,000 uh, 10, Malaysian ringgit. Okay, you spent more than that already. Yeah. Yes, I, I spent more than that. And then I say, this is not about money. You need to understand. This is not about money. This is about my freedom. You know, you know, yeah. I need my freedom. I cannot be yeah. like this. And yeah. then they say, and then they say, okay, fine. Now we will appeal. This is what they say. We will appeal to the court for you to go to the counseling. And then I say, why? What what counseling do you want to give me? They say, and then suddenly a, a lady barged in in the room in the Mufti's office. I don't remember her name. Her name is Shahida. I think she said, "I can see there is a jinn sitting on you." <laughs> oh wow! I was like, "What?" <laughs> like what? she can see jinns. She has special she, powers yeah, to see yeah. jinns. she's like she's like a psychic, man. Right? It's like, <laughs> she's, like she's like a like, psychic. Yeah. She's like you know. I saw the jinn is sitting and laughing. You know, I I was like, "What are you talking about?" Like we are talking something else, and you burst yeah. in and you say there is a jinn, and then they say. We need in the Malay thing we call that uh, uh, a purubatan Islam. It means a, it's an Islamic medicational treatment that they use all these ustads to recite something. Oh, Rukia. Yes. Yes, yes. They yeah. do all these funny kind of things. I, I don't know how it works, <laughs> how effective it will be. And she, she, she said this to me. She said, I can see this jinn wants to confuse you from your Islamic faith. So we have a special treatment that we need to go. So you need to follow me to another place. Oh, wow. You know, they are doing roadshow with me. <laughs> Seriously, they're doing like a roadshow to me. And then, and, then, and then I say, you see, I, I can't do this. 
I have work to do. I, I need to go to my office. I got things to do. If you want to do all this, please fix another appointment. And she said, she said this to me, the more you give uh, the time to the gin, the gin replicates. You know, you know, according to a body, like our bacteria. body, this, yes, the bacteria, uh, you know, replicates. So this gin replicates. And she said, you know, you, you need to come quickly to this place. And I said, fine, let's make it next week, I said. And she said, you need to come next week. This is all offline, okay? And then uh, I never make it next week. I never went. Because this is not something from the court itself, you know? The court does not say that I need to do this. This is a so, Mufti's office. This is Mufti's office. So and then, Mufti's, Mufti's office is full of jinns, apparently. I think so, man. Just saying. I think <laughs> Just so. Saying. The jinn, living jinns. But do you know? You, in you, Malay- would, think, you would think you know, Mufti's office is blessed place, lots of baraka, lots of angels. No, no, no. no. <laughs> There's jinns in there. Seriously, I've been there. You see, I've been there. Uh, you know, it's just, I can't see anything dodgy. You know, I can see people doing rituals sometimes outside. You know, people, it's very common in Malaysia. They're doing something, you know, even though we have a, a big plane lost, a guy came with a two microscope, a binocular to look. That's nonsense with the. I remember the, that. Yeah. You know, that. The, the, yeah, that was yes, that. Yeah. Using a bamboo, that's nonsense. So. Yeah. The, the, the thing is, under the Mufti's office below that, there is a religious department's police. So they are just by one, one floor below. Religious police, Mufti's office. <laughs> so they are, they are like a family, you know. So they say, okay, you just come back here. And I say, I, would, I, I say that I will see first how. And then I got second a calling from the court. And the court says that the judge asked me that, why you want to come out of religion? I say that, you know, I feel that Islam is uh, not for me. And he said that, okay, fine, Islam is not for you. But again, he said, you need to follow whatever we say. You need to go for counseling first. They call that like uh, repentation. repentation. Repentance, yeah. Mm-hmm. Repentance. Uh, it's, a, it's not you know. It's just a repentance. It means okay. they will give you two, three classes. If they feel that you are fine, they will drop your case immediately. Oh, okay. Well, if you become Muslim again, basically. Exactly. So you yeah. just say Shahada again. Once you have done the Shahada, you're Muslim again. So uh, I was being charged for that. First trial for, I think, for a month. You know who's the person who they assign? I still remember. His name is Shakirit Kulal Govindaji. Does this sound Muslim? Mm. No, right? He's, he's from India. He's a, he's, a, he's a converted to Muslim. His name oh. is Brother Shakirit. He's very famous in Malaysia. Okay. So they assigned him to me and then uh, the process started. So the process started like few, like first classes was very nice. This guy looks very nice and he say that, you know, I'm your friend, you know, I'm your friend. You can call me anytime you wanted. You can even visit my house. I say, why I need to visit your house? I have son, I have daughters. You can, you can, you can just, you know, talk to them. What match? Are you going to do a matchmaking there? I feel like that. And then that is the first session. And the second session, he started to ask more about religion. He said, who are you? Because you say you are being Hindu. And then he said, you know, I'm being Hindu as well. And then I, I, I became a Muslim because beauty, Muslim is the only truth religion in the world. This is what he told me. Because according to the Quran, the Quran stated that only Islam, the people who are Islam will go to Jannah straight, not kafirs. Right now you are being kafir. So I was like, okay, fine. So uh, what should I do for that? And then he said that, you know, we will give you guidance. 
but we will tell you of history. This is what he told to me. He said, you know, Hinduism, because I would say I want to become a Hinduism. Hinduism is a statue. And then he said, if I give you a stick and you, you, you break the statue and you say to the statue, God, combine it back, become the same statue. Can it be? He said. I said, why are you talking this to me like this? I said to him. You need, I, I told him, I say, you, you see, this is religion, right? You cannot mock a religion. Or you need to, you know, make Islam good. You cannot downgrade another religion. Why are you doing that? And then he said, no, this is just an example. And then he started to talk about Jesus. <laughs> he said, do you know Jesus is Islam? He confesses Islam. I was like, what? Since, since when Jesus become Islam? <laughs> and then he started, you know, it, it, I spent about three hours in that room. Three hours, but before you go to that room, there will be a police uh, uh, guard. You need to give your ID card first. They will check whether you are the person, and then you need to surrender. You know your things. If you have like you know car key or, oh, or bike yeah. key, you need to surrender to them safely, and you need to sign a book. In the book, you can see how many people. I tell you, oh. in the, the whole the whole book is full, full page. Everyone is coming there every time. So this guy is sitting there and then, you know, as, as I told you, the counseling started. This is the second class. And then he said, fine, this is what it happened. This is how Islam, Islam is a very beautiful religion. <laughs> Islam is what you need to follow because it promises, what they say, 40, 20 women, 40 women in Jannah. Mm. I was like, okay, again, you're talking about women again. <laughs> and then he said, you know, if you want a girl, we can arrange for you. This is what shocked me. I, I, I said, I don't get you. What do you mean? He said, if you are becoming a posted, if this is because of women, we can give you a woman. We have a lot of program that we can recommend. We give you women. We give you money. How much you need? I said, I don't need the money. You just tell me a figure. 50,000 million ringgit? I said, no. I'm not going to take any money from you. And then he said, do you need a further education? Like, you know, in government sectors, I can give you if you want. I said, I don't want. You, you can you see that he's just a normal a person a preacher who have all this authority okay to change a person's life so it means yeah. you accept you accept islam i will give you money so these things will keep on going yeah it's Until, it's um just to point out one thing quickly yes 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 it just goes to show you like your certainty here like how confident you are that you are doing the right thing that none of these things is convincing you and you know you're actually doing this for a noble reason and yes, all you yes. want is your freedom right like like exactly and i did is saying here uh, all this just to announce islam legally in malaysia hmm. i wonder if um we can encourage more people to leave islam and start taking the money oh. eventually they'll run out of money <laughs> yes, the problem is how to say. In... <laughs> you see, there is a people. I don't know how many people there. They will say that you know I want. I have no money. There is there is a, a department called you know zakat department. You know zakat department. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If for example you go and tell to them you know I'm in debt. I have no money. I'm broke. You know I feel that I want to leave religion. They will yeah. settle your debt off. Oh yeah. They do that. There is a people do that. Oh yeah. 
my my, my few my few my few friends do that and suddenly do you have you know, to say you, do you have to say i'm having i want to leave islam or you just say yes, i have debt yes yes you. you need to you need to say that you, need you to can't say just that. say i have debt and no no can you no, help no. Me? you can't say no. that you can't no say, you just you just say that you know i have a debt can you help me to say no get out you need to say you need to show to them you know i want to you know i i i my faith is being in shaken i i i don't want to become an islam so this you know, is like um my experience of calling the phone companies listen huh? i'm gonna leave the company now if you don't give me a better deal okay <laughs> we'll give you 20 percent off exactly for how long for one year no not good enough i'm really <laughs> mad i'm gonna change companies okay okay we'll give you 20 percent off forever okay i'll keep <laughs> exactly it looks like there are customer service you know whenever you're not satisfied you ask for more so people i i think people are misusing it as definitely but the, the catch the catch is just going to say i want to come out of religion but prepared for the consequences as well yeah it could be bad you know, right it could be bad it's not all the person are the same and your yeah. luck your time and everything yeah. so and then they say that you know uh, this guy looks very tough <laughs> for the next class there will be uh they they invite a tahfis guy you know tahfis tahfis yeah tahfis yeah yes mm-hmm. tahfis so the strangest uh, i went again a, another week i went again so this time is very very tough uh this guy was wearing a t-shirt stating uh the association of zakir naik oh peace tv i think so so yeah. so that's very weird and this guy looks first he was you know he he started he gave me a nice frown look <laughs> and then he say okay you want to go out of islam i say yeah and then he say he said this to me he said you bloody filthy pig this said to me you bloody mm-hmm. filthy pig who who dare you go out of this religion in my country he said this to me mm-hmm. and i just look at him because i'm afraid because yeah. i'm afraid so the guy was that side the counselor is that side and then he started to become violent he started to kick at my chair so i fell and then this guy say okay don't fight guys don't fight we talk in a nicer way but he have kicked me secondly after i wake up and then he said he pulled me he dragged me he dragged me he say pray bow down and i tell to the counselor i say why he's forcing me he said follow you have to follow he said so i have to do the you know the the sujood so i do the sujood he slapped me palm from the back and then he say he say this to me you say you as a islam your id is as islam you're born islam you have to follow whatever we say if you refuse to follow whatever we say i will come this is very funny i will come to your house i will check everything and i will bring to my house why you want to bring me to your house you can see how 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 to say that this is what they do if they feel that you are not an islam they can do whatever they want you are very vulnerable yeah because the law is favoring them Yeah. The Islamic law is favoring them and the problem is if I go to the civil law or federal law and say people are doing this to me definitely they will check at my ID and I falls under sharia they will say go back to the sharia law mm. they kick me out this is uh, basically the fascist system is enabling religious abuse yes yeah so in I don't know how many people have experienced this but this is what been happened so in my same session another session was a was a girl until now i don't know what happened to her she's like unreachable we have missing and then uh, there is like a a, a friend of friend mine she comes aside she comes aside this is true 
she, she cannot take suicide. It. She oh, suicide yeah. because because of uh, the pressure from the Sharia law not to, you know, uh, she cannot become a uh, non-Muslim. So she just drink poison and die, just because of religion. Certain went for you know like a deep trauma. So all this are happening in Malaysia, and then come back to my story, and then they said, okay, fine. This session need to be need to be very detailed. After this, they say, Faroos, you listen to me. You need to follow whatever we say, and please do not tell this outside. So they so they started off by being nice, offering you money. Yes, and yes. As um, and and then when you didn't agree with that, then basically uh, as black, yeah. So black is like Black Angel was saying they put like money and women at the same level, like potato, mm. like giving you a potato or something. Like that's how they're treating women. And then if you didn't accept that, then the next thing is abuse, violence, yes. intimidation, yes. and this is like basically state-sanctioned mm. violence. The, the yes, government is allowing. Exactly. You. Yeah. And, and another, then, mm, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead yeah. Another one, because they threatened me that they say, you see, each state have different type of law for apostate. They can even transfer me to another state that is have a prison sentence for apostate. How many people know that? A prison oh, sentence. state. Oh, yes. What if you refer to in? Uh, I was uh, from, for example, I'm from Selangor. Uh -huh. Selangor don't have a prison sentence for apostate, but they can do that, but even a very longer process. But the fastest oh, is to transfer me to the Pahang, a state of Pahang. So that is the fastest they can put me in the rehabilitation center and transfer oh, me to the jail. They'll just send you off. Yes. And more, it will be more worse if they put me another coast like Terengganu or, you know, Kelantan. That will be more hardcore because that is like majority Muslim. So they can transfer me there to put it in that sentence. So this is what they told me. They said, if you, this is what they told me. The last, when I'm leaving the room, they say, Whatever we did inside, keep it inside. If you say outside, we will bring you to another state. Mm, and you knew what that meant. And I know what he meant. Okay. So I have to zip my mouth completely because they know my address. They know where I'm working. They know everything about me because, you know, they are authority. You know, they always say this proverb, authority hands are very long. They can reach us wherever we wanted as long we are in the country. So after that, you see the court, you see all this happens. I don't know whether the court aware or not, but I can 100% say the court will know it. But, you know, he's just coming out of religion. We will stop him whatever he wanted to do. And then, you know, this case was keep on going from 2011 until 2012. I was in the session. Again, 2012, they say it's not enough. Your counseling is not enough. We're going to extend again until 2015. 2012 again to 2015 again mental torture again re reading quran inside that i tell you it's really impacted me uh really really impacted me mentally even right now if you ask me even right now whenever i get any small small rejection i started to feel this problem you know i feel like i'm being depressed i can't breathe i started to think back what's going to happen what's you know because the treatment they have given me this is what is happening, you know, in Malaysia. Islam is doing this, but who are there to listen? No one is there to listen. People don't, you know, people don't know because it's been covered up. Yeah. I want to ask you about your um, your parents. Were your yes. parents involved at all? Did they know about this? Were, yes. they pressure, were they putting pressure on you? Was pressure put on them? What happened to your parents? Yes. You see, I remember I told you that, you know, uh, I was in college and everything. So they happened to find out that 
I became atheist. You know, they, but but they was in a different perspective. They thought that I'm becoming a Christian because I'm following a Christian girl. But actually, that's not true. So what happened? My father, my dad, and then you know some of the people they wrapped me in the public using some wood and metals. They took some motorbike helmets and then they wrecked me in the middle of the road. And people came. They, they, they asked, like, you know, why are you beating this guy? And then they said, this is an Islamic family relation problem. Don't involve. So they, yeah, they, they, they in the public, they beat me. My, yeah. my father beat me in the public, stating oh. that he said, he say I'm an infidel. So he beat me. And then uh, I have to run away. I ran away, managed to run away. And then we started to go in hiding. In Malaysia, we, I, I, I was living as a hiding. So how is that? How is that, Liz? For example, all my official letter will go to my renting house example, but I wouldn't be living there. I live another place. Oh, okay. This is to save myself. You know, because, you know, we never know. Anyone can arrest you. But I did ask my friend who are living there. The religious authority did come and visit. Yeah. Is that person is still there. You know, they do that. They do this yeah. to check whether this person is there. And then my be i have no relation with my parents when i was like 18. yeah 18 until now i have no any relation with my parents but many many times my parents have contacted me like my facebook's and then my 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 you know my whatsapp whatever mm -hmm. they will say only this thing to me repent to islam <laughs> repent to islam repent to islam islam is the only god repent to islam mm -hmm. this is one another one uh, you know, remember I told you that it's 2015. My case was still extended again. Yeah. In 2015, the police, Malaysian police, went to my parents' house in another state. Mm -hmm. And they said that your son is going to become an apostate. Can you become our, you know, our, what they call that, um, witness. So that we can immediately put him in the detention center oh. with the approval. So my parents was automatically involved. And my, you know, you know, my parents, apparently, my parents know that I'm in a relationship with another person. Yeah, yeah. And the Sharia court don't know that. And they go and divulge everything to them. Can you see how dangerous is that? So once yeah. they do that, the Sharia person, the, the, the Sharia official called me. They said, you lied to us. There is a girl who involved. Yeah. This is what happened to you and everything. Yeah. And then these things happen... Uh, after that, you know, after 2016, mm. after 2015, 2016. And then they say, you need to bring this girl back to us so that we will talk. But the problem is, in Malaysia, when you are not a Muslim, they cannot do that. They cannot drag my girlfriend to the court. It's not oh. allowed. So that saved her. Wow. So that saved her, but not Lucky. me. I was like, you know, I'm like a, what they call that scapegoat in the middle of the system. And then they said, fine what you're going to do now is we're going to give you more intense counseling like you know we will put you in more detention like we will see what you're eating what you're doing and then during the court hearing they have produced a lot of material whether i am an islam or not yeah. according to malaysia you see according to malaysia you are islam if your parents are islam if your parents is not islam one person Okay, mm -hmm. and one person is Islam. You are still Islam, unless yeah. unless you are the one who converted. It means if I converted, I have the rights to renounce the religion. But it's not easy process though, yeah. Because I have to go through a very lengthy process. It can take how many years? Ten years, 
you know, more than that. Wow, yeah. Expensive. So, expensive, and you need to pay money for the lawyer, and everything is not easy. You have to be intimidated and harassed, and exactly explain yourself over and over again, and get a lawyer. And, and yeah. exactly, another problem is, you know, because you become a poster, you're working colleagues. You have problems yeah. with working colleagues. Like many times, people reported to me to the religious department. Though they say this guy, you know, he he's talking about this, so they reported. So the report was taken. Again, they call me. They say, "Why well, you? You know, you you know, you cannot talk this in the public. You know, you cannot be in a you know, really, you know, cannot come of the religion. This is very sensitive." And then I noticed one thing from them. They start they started to change because first, in Malaysia, for coming of religion, it is criminal act. Yes, but they cannot charge you immediately. They will do it slowly. First, they put you under the family relation and uh, you know act, and then they try to change you to criminal, like me. Because, you know, I started to go against them and keep on becoming posted. They started to change to criminals, stating that I'm going against the official religion of the Sultan. They say I'm trying to tarnish the government, the Islamic religion. Mm -hmm. So they started to drag this case. You know, they tried to drag. They called me to the rehabilitation center. And then they say, we're going to put you in the in a place called a Kuala Kububaro detention center for uh, six months. And then remember I told you the lady, the Jin lady? Yes. She came in again. And then she said that, you know, uh, I can see before you have one Jin, and right now you have three Jins. More. <laughs> they multiplied. <laughs> they multiplied. And then they said, we need to bring you to the, to the clauses and, you know, to, to do this, all these things. I don't know what they're going to do, maybe rituals. And they started to arrange all these treatments for me. And my parents, one side, you know, they're starting to harass me. And that is the time I was seeking a way for me to exit out of this problem. Yeah. What should I do? Because I can't take it anymore. It's not about money. It's about, you know, a basic thing. Because the private investigator has submitted in the court, which shop do I eat? Who am I with? Where do I live? So it means there is a spy who's spying me every time. I see, I see. Yeah, so there's someone following you around. Sorry, my exactly. camera died, but uh, I'm still here. Okay, um, okay. So someone's following you around and basically watching what you're eating, what you're doing. And this exactly. is all because you want to leave Islam. Yes, and then during the fasting, yes, during the fasting also I don't fast. So they, they, they know that as well. And then they say, you're not fasting. I say, how do you know that? And then they say, <laughs> we, 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 we have a... PI, the personal investigator behind you every time, wherever you go, we know. And then I text my girlfriend. I said, you know, I think we need to be very careful and things are not working accordingly as how it's supposed to go. Mm -hmm. And my parents is very, very strict in this matter as well. They really cooperated with the religion, with the religious department. They didn't help my, you at all. My yeah. parents already told to the religious department, they said, you can just put me in prison anytime, no problem. You can kill them with the name of Islam. I'm okay. Kill them. Kill him off. Wow, they actually said you can. Yeah, they, they say that yes, they, they say to the religious uh, the, the officer, they yeah. say you can even uh, execute him in the name of Islam is fine because you know he's he's become murtad. That's you know not good. That's 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 very that's heartbreaking. That's so sad that oh, that's, that's your own parents sad. would say such a thing. I mean, we've all you know we all need our parents in our lives. We need. It's difficult because they, you know, they play a certain role. And I, I was in a relationship with my parent. I mean, my mom's still alive with my dad until he died. And I was in my 30s and I still talk to him. And you see, 
So it's just like, it's heart, heartbreaking when you lose that connection all over uh, the legend, right? All over exactly. you just, just wanting to really, be yes. all because you just want to just follow your heart. And it's not yes. like you have a choice, you know, it's not like you have a choice. You just don't believe. You didn't choose exactly. to disbelieve. You don't. You just you can't believe if you don't believe. It's like someone tells you to believe in a flying spaghetti monster. How do you we believe that, right? You can't. You can't believe it. You you have to be pro- You have to be convinced. And if you're not convinced, you're not convinced. That simple, right? Exactly. So that's why. That's why. I t- even I told to my to my parents. I say that you know before I'm splitting up. I say that this is who am I. Yeah. I cannot keep on becoming fake. You know, I become how to say fake Muslim. I become yeah. a fake Muslim in front of people. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's going to cost me it's my life. And then you know. The case was keep on drag, 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 and drag, and drag. And one point of time, they give a statement. They said, okay, fine. We got a statement. You're going to the rehabilitation center. I say, how many months? Six months. And they say, you know, you can't leave the state. I say, which state? They say, you don't leave any state because, you know, you are in, because I'm from Selangor. So I need to go to the Selangor rehabilitation center. I cannot go to Nagri Seminar rehabilitation center. It won't work. So they say you need to be in Slango, you cannot cross country, you know. And then I say, fine. When is the time? December 2017. This is your time. You need to go inside. You know what I did? I just ran to the airport. I told to my I told to my uh, my, my, my girlfriend, I say you need to get out as well, because they already started to know you. So yeah. I ran to the airport just like that, with my two, you know, my two bags. That's it. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just I'm just fear, you know, because they have said that you need to come. Yeah. Need, this is what they will do. First, once the order is been granted or they already make a decision, they don't need to wait for the court, you know, they can just do it whatever they wanted. Yeah. Once they say you need to come, so you need to go. Yeah. First, they told to me, we will freeze your bank account. Oh, geez. You are not allowed to work. Okay. You need to come to a summit. We will give you allowance. They will give allowance. How, how many days you stay, they will give allowance. Once we feel, this is what he said, if we feel you are satisfied because you are tarnishing the purity of Islam, that's what they said. You are tarnishing the purity of Islam. So until you repent, you will go through all these processes. So it means there is no limitation. There is no mechanism. And then they say that, you know, you can, you need to be here, report to us. This is what we do. This is where you go. And I started to think that that's it. I need to get out of this country right now. And the problem is, I don't know how I might, I need to get out because I, I don't have my passport. I oh. don't have anything. I don't know my passport has been, you know, can be used. But the good thing is, the good, good thing is, I cooperated with them. I said, okay, I'm sorry. I will follow you, you know. You yeah. know, I know this is a, you know, I will follow whatever you say. So they feel, okay, this guy is going to repent. You understand? So this guy is going to, but he's, 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 he's cooperating with me. He's finally, he's finally yes, realized yes, he has no yes, choice. Yeah. Yes. So this is the tool that I started to escape. I went to my passport department. I checked my status and they say my passport, I can get my passport. I can use my passport to fly out. No blacklist, nothing. That is positive thing happened to me. That is the most luckiest thing that happened to me. <laughs> I just bring the passport, go to the Kuala Lumpur airport because I don't know where I need to go. I yeah, where have, did you go? I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I have no idea. I need to go to Sweden. You know who who chose me Sweden? The guy who was in the counter chose me to Sweden. 
I never choose to Sweden. No. Wow. I just take the money that I have in my pocket. I just put it on top. I say, get me ticket anywhere. As long, you know, I want to go, go out. I want to go out. And then she says, so where do you want to travel and everything? I say, I don't know. This is money I have. I want to get out of this place. I need to go somewhere. So he buy for me a ticket to Sweden, the guy. I never chose Sweden, no. He bought to Sweden. He said, oh, Sweden looks cheaper. We have a promotion, you know. I think you can take this. Because it's dark. December is dark in Sweden. It's snowy. So it's the, oh. the, the ticket price goes down. So you say, why not you, you, you go to Sweden? I say, fine. Do I need visa? No, yeah. your passport, you can go there. Because we don't need a visa requirement for us to go. Because that point of time, my main concern is I don't want to go to the rehabilitation center. I want to become an atheist. Yeah. I want to be who am I? I want to have a family. I want to have a kid. I want to be me. Another yeah. one, I I feel so bad to leave my people, people like me behind me, you know? Like like people post like me, they're still in Malaysia suffering, you know? They don't know what to do. They're stuck in the limbo. So I feel sad. That's the only part that's sad to me. I get out of the country. In so, Sweden, yes. Do you, uh, did you get a one-way ticket or two ways? Two way. I have to buy two way. There is no <laughs> one way. So I have to use all my money that I have. That's it. It's oh like it cost me. It cost me uh, seven thousand. Uh, sorry, not seven. It's a five thousand. I think five thousand ringgit for me to buy this ticket. And then I went to Sweden. And then I have all my documents with me. But this is what I happened. When the proceeding in Malaysia is keep on going in the Sharia court, as a how to safeguard, I have translated everything in the civil court. That is the good thing that I have done. So you know explain the, that again. What do you mean? Okay, the submission papers and the court papers, you know, the papers that submitted, yes. it's all yes. in Malay languages, right? Yes, 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 yeah, yeah. I don't know why that point of time I feel that I need to keep it in English. Mm -hmm. So I translated in the civil court. We done it that very secretly. Because oh, okay. that paper, normal translation person will never do that because they are fear that they're helping me. So I have to seek someone in the civil court to help me to do it. Oh, wow. So you have official papers from the court? Yes, official papers. In so English? I, yes, in English. Oh, I don't know nice. why I did that. I did that yeah. in 2015, I think. Yeah. I translated and I keep it very well with me because I don't know whatever. Another one I want to highlight it here before I'm flying out. I emailed to UNCHR, UNHCR, you yep. know, the United mm -hmm. Nations. Yep, yep. And they say that they cannot help me. I said, you know why you cannot help me? You know, I, I'm, I don't know what I need to do. They say, I cannot help you. I'm so sorry. They send me a paper. And they say that if you want more help, you need to go to the office. When I go to the office, everyone is wearing hijab. Do you think that you want to say this? You went to the UNHCR office and yes. everyone's wearing hijab. Yes, it's Muslim. Definitely you won't say this. You feel afraid, right? Because it's it's the people are there as Muslim. What happened in case you go and say, you know, like, you know, I want to come out of religion. Can you help me? I don't think so. They're going to help me because when I go there, I see everyone is Muslim. I say that, okay, I'm not going to do this. And then I contacted Amnesty. Amnesty say, oh, we cannot help you as well. What option do I have? I went so to the when you so when you landed in Sweden, did mm -hmm. you stay in a hotel? Like what 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 did you do? Okay, how did you... when I came to Sweden, you see, I'm yeah. very glad because we took how to say we took how to say different different flight, but we managed to uh, join in the transit. Me and my 
my my girlfriend that time and then we take the same flight come to sweden and we have no idea because this is not our plan we don't know you know in my hand there is the only bag i came to the immigration office i say i need your help this i this is what i say to them i say i really need your help i want to leave this is what i say i don't want to go missing i don't want to die i don't want to go to the jail i want to live in this earth yes and they say they say why they say i say because uh you know i'm going off this religion and then they say oh this looks like asylum you you can apply for asylum though if you want it mm-hmm. i say what is that and then they say don't worry we'll bring you to the integration center you know the police oh, in nice. the airport police yeah so i can i will tell you until now i feel uh, how to say i really thank the swedish government because yeah. they helped me in everything even like i have a baby right now yeah like charles yeah they are, they are they are the one who are helping me although they are giving tough time i never say no like apparently i'm not paying anything for my child yeah that's good yeah yes so i seek asylum in the airport itself okay it's about like 3 o'clock mid morning and then uh, we was brought to the migration uh, office they have an office and then they do the background check whether you know you have been landed in another country are you you have any criminal record and everything and then they admit in inside So we were staying in the ref, what they call the refugee hotel mm-hmm. for two weeks. You see, for two weeks we were living in the refugee hotel. You know the food. You know, you know how the food looks like. The food is frozen. You know, it's a very oh, yeah. food. It's very cold. I don't like the cold at time. Yeah. We don't know what the thing is going on. We was, you know, we have no touch with people. We 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 don't know who these people are. So the 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 immigration department who are the one who are arranging everything for us. and then suddenly they say that okay guy you know you need to go to the northern side of sweden and then like oh that's very far but we managed to get a job in stockholm itself after that because you know uh, i we 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 was working it's a very good work and then so we had your, your, your girlfriend managed to join you as well yes okay she managed to join it because uh, because in the sharia law you already say that your your yeah. girlfriend name is yeah you know her you need to bring her if not we will do something oh, else to say that you she is confusing you to the religion oh jeez so that is like a prescribing in the threatening you know? the threatening that they're going to arrest yes. her for causing this way the yes i get it i get it. yeah you you understand what this yeah, is so yeah. i have no choice to bring it her to with me as well mm-hmm. so we came here the sick asylum and then uh, when is that 2017 now is 2021 so our case, the problem in sweden is you see the problem in sweden is they cannot differentiate sharia law civil law for them is everything is one law yeah you understand and then they don't understand that this thing is very severe is very you know they keep on telling this to me they say you are speculating the swedish migration board always says this to me you are doing here saying you are speculating and all my court documents remember i told you the the papers yeah, yeah. they have said that i have forged oh my goodness how can you forge a stamp how do you forge a person's name who are dealing this case yeah. how do you forge a, a lawyer's name a judge name? how do you do that you can just google you can get the information yeah. you know yeah So they say when when we when my lawyer uh, you know I have a lawyer in Sweden so when my lawyer 
you know, we have uh, what they got argued in the court. We say that, you know, this thing is happening in Malaysia and another one in New Zealand as well. There mm -hmm. is a couple, same problem like this is being yes. granted, yeah. you know, in, in New Zealand. Yeah. Yes. So we use that as a reference stating that, you know, yes. this thing yes. is a real thing. And the, the funniest part, there is an Australian professor, Amanda Whiting. She's a mm -hmm. professor that reads and study about Malaysian's law, yeah. governments and Sharia. She came with a very detailed statement stating that sending back us to Malaysia will risk our life. And oh, we yeah. cannot have a normal family. My child will become an illegitimate example. My, my wife will cannot get married. We cannot stay together. It's under the kalwat. You know, we can get caught. You know, my children will have to live without the father forever. She has made a very detailed statement. You know what they say? This is not a concern. That's it. This is not our concern. Okay. The, you know what they say? The Swedish migration board said uh, during the interview, they say, why not you just keep quiet, pretend to be Islam, and stay in Malaysia? This is what they say to me. Pretend to be Malaysia, stay in, uh, pretend to be Islam, stay in Malaysia. Be Muslim, yeah. And be Muslim and don't say anyone. Just be yourself. Just relax. And I said, how that's possible? And they say that, you know, this is, this is not asylum. You know, this is not asylum. It's only for a country, uh, 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 a war country involved. How that that's defined? A war country involved? That's, that's stupid. That doesn't make any sense. You, you exactly. seek asylum because, I mean, LGBT seek asylum too. People seek asylum because they're not safe for any reason. It doesn't have to be for exactly. war. Yeah. I, told, I told her one thing. I say to the case officer, I say, if I can be safe as a family, as what I wanted, come out of the religion officially, I be like, you know, like an atheist and then I can, you know, my ID is being changed, like what I wanted, I will definitely go. And then they say, you know, this is not our concern. Our concern is you need to go back to the, this is what they advise me to say, go back to the Malaysian embassy in Stockholm, get a paper, go to the Stockholm mosque, convert to Islam, your, 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 your girlfriend convert to Islam, get married, go back to Malaysia, she can convert and you can stay. This is the answer we get from the migration board. And another disgusting thing, I'm so sorry, this is the disgusting thing. You know, we have a baby during, uh, we are in Sweden, we have a baby. The, the case officer asked my wife, why do you, you know you have a lot of issues of asylum and everything. Why do you want to have a baby? Is that necessary for you? Is that a question? Can you see what, how Yeah, this is awful, yeah. Instead of supporting you, they're actually exactly. Oh my goodness! I mean, I can't imagine the nerve to tell you oh. to go to the mosque and convert. I mean, yes, like I would like fuck you. It's your choice. <laughs> exactly. Like, nobody should tell you what you need, what religion you should follow. I mean, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. If I don't want to be Muslim, I don't want to be Muslim. If I don't want to be like that's that's your right, your freedom of conscience. Exactly. That's part of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Like we, we we respect people that don't even want to be identifying as a man. They want to identify mm. as a woman. Yet mm -hmm. you're telling the they're telling you that you need to convert back to the other religion, mm. Mm. and that's about as aggressive as you can get. Mm. Can that's, you see? Yeah. I feel this is how I feel. I feel that I'm challenging another Sharia court in this Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, you see. Uh, my case right now is being assessed twice. First, uh, in 2018, being assessed, been rejected. They say that yeah. I provoked 
Malaysian government. They said, I provoked Malaysian government. Uh, I'm the one who, you know, make a problem, create a trouble. It's not mm. the government itself. And then they rejected the case. They say, I speculated. And then they say that the second rejection, they say that uh, this is mostly not asylum because, you know, this is under the case of a manifested unfounded because none of the document looks genuine. After that, we have a child and then the case go back again to the migration board. The migration board says that, okay, by just getting a child, it's not a reason for you to stay. You know, the child will be very safe in Malaysia. You, they say this word. They say, you as a family can stay in Malaysia according to our land report. There this is, is no this problem. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I mean, you are as real as you can get. Like, like I'm hearing your story and I can see that like there's no way for you to go back it's just exactly. not possible because the situation is very very bad for you to go back and like you said that some people end up committing suicide because exactly nobody wants to pretend the entire Sammy, life and, and Sammy, why let me why, yeah. let me tell you one thing this is uh, yeah. you know i'm not threatening anyone if if for example right if any situation any human not me or other person go to malaysia they will they will prefer to choose to take their life by them, themselves that is what they will do anyone yeah right yeah because yeah. you're putting for example you have escaped from the brutality of the sharia law and you're going back again and what you're expecting them to do you know what they say this is what they say to me uh after this incident you know because my kid was in the court uh, in the administration court of sweden and this administration court of sweden does not assess anything they just follow whatever the migration board says and they say that you have this this is what they say you have speculated uh malaysia you can live as a family in malaysia there is no such thing that you know these things happen in malaysia our land report says it's fine another problem is because we have a child she cannot be registered in malaysia because of you know she's illegitimate you know is born to the muslim father yeah. there is a only one way of doing it it means my wife have to get in touch with uh, the registration department stating that she don't have a husband she do it like a single mother status. Oh. But this single mother status would affect the child's life oh, because she won't have a father. So wherever you go to school, example, you know, the, she need to say that I don't have a father in the form. Someone asks, you need to say, I have no father. Imagine yeah, that's, that's what will happen would, to the yeah. Exactly. That's you know, Sweden is a country who, who take it, you know, the law is being created according to the interest of the child. But yes. they are abusing this right now. Because the people who are sitting inside the migration board, I can say they are not Swedish. Yeah. You, yeah. you know what I'm telling. They'll yes. be very yeah, 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 yeah. They'll be Muslim. I don't oh, know. Goodness. So this is a mass, a, a mass mass. Another thing is they keep on telling me, you know, this is what the migration, they keep on telling me, they say, please drop the asylum, take it as a work visa. I can do that. Yes, I have that option. I can cancel the asylum. I can take a job visa. I can do that. What will happen? A case like me, people are outside there in Malaysia. How yeah. do I need you, you know? I feel yeah. their pain. I can't yeah. keep quiet, you know. That yeah. is my people. That yeah. is my people. So when this they don't want they don't want a precedent. Yes, they don't they, want you to establish a case that next person comes and that person is going to ask for the same thing because unfortunately, yeah. you're now the second person on this show. To tell me this problem in Sweden, this like is happening. My, this, this is, is a, happening. you're the second person that mm. my my other friend, um, skeptic Mohammed, mm -hmm. he came on the show and he told me the exact same problem that the the they don't they're basically Muslim, mm -hmm. right? And they have a biases, right? Which is 
they shouldn't be acting according to the biases. They should be doing the jobs. But yes. this is this is like this is a conflict of interest. The religious beliefs are affecting the the ability to do their job, and it's it's they should they should either be replaced with someone that can do the job, or they should you know like, they, you know what I mean? Yes, you know Samir. During this uh, you know asylum investigation, you know this certain people, you know the lawyers, they they will say this. They say not the current lawyer. She's very nice. The former lawyer because I have changed the lawyer. She say this. Uh, you know, uh, go and seek asylum in France. What? You know, Sweden only gives uh, asylum for war countries. That's nonsense. You are under the, you know, European Union. So, you know, EU law is need to be, should be practiced. And the problem is when I go for this, you know, once the case is rejected, you have to go back to the migration to sign yeah. a paper yeah. so that you, you, you will appeal. The yeah. person will be sitting there, you can see a Middle Eastern person. Yeah. They will say that, you know, you need to get out of this country. You know, you have like oh two weeks, goodness. you can appeal. You know, this is very, very frustrating. You know, this yeah. is like, you know, I have fought. I yeah. have done everything in Malaysia. I, you know, I have done every extent because I have no way I came to Sweden. And now you're doing the same thing, repeating again. You, you know what I'm, what I mean? It's like you are mean biased. You are more supporting for the Islamic thing. Is this Sweden or this is Sudistan? <laughs> this is my question right now. Yeah. Sweden is transforming, become a Sudistan, more Muslim friendly country. I understand. You know, I understand. You know, Muslim is being. You know, uh, I don't hey, know. Muslim uh, friendly doesn't mean you reject <laughs> people's asylum because they exactly. they like apostate. That's not what Muslim friendly means. Muslim friendly means you treat Muslims decently. Which is fine, but you don't. You're now. You're Muslim. You're from a Muslim background. They're not treating you okay. Exactly. Like one, of, one of my friends made a post saying that you know we are a new sect of Islam. We're the ex-Muslim sect of yeah. Islam, mm -hmm. but like we're still Muslim. We come from a Muslim background, but you're you're being you're not being treated properly. You're being told mm -hmm. go back to your country, mm. basically. And even though it's not it's not right. Mm, correct. So right now, how to say that you know after all these things happens, and then you know my lawyers has a ties tight as well because this case is going to the end you know this case asylum is going to the end and these people they think they think that you know i'm just lying and speculating and everything and then they say that you know i'm so sorry pharaohs you know we have going to finish the asylum off and you know things are not going to work as what you say you might be go back to malaysia will be deported whatever and then i told to them i said you know i know this is a breach of conduct breach of human rights. So I told to them that I will bring this matter to the European court. By hook, by crook, I will bring this matter to the European court. That's it. And, you know, because I, I believe strongly in humanity. I believe strongly that each person have their rights to live in this planet, regardless of what religion they are. And they have rights, you know, rights to choose what religion, family, or, you know, the child or whatever, the child need a father in malaysia every child needs a father you know so yes, they yeah. the swedish migration agency was telling that it's fine the child don't have a father this is what they say it's fine what, what the do they know what do they know about life in malaysia exactly they're that's telling what you they're telling you what your life is going to be and you're the one that just lived that life exactly it's you so see, stupid it's gaslighting basically yes you see uh the swedish migration agency for them they are like blind and deaf one point of time blind it means although you're submitting them all the genuine you know if you sit, take the report malaysian report from a doj just uh, department of justice mm -hmm. and even like you can take a lot of like uh, icj international uh, you know like a chamber of jurists a lot of reports about malaysia what they're doing they say this 
that's it we are not going to see all this they say this word all these reports does not mention your name so this is not what you are how does that bring sense and they say this is lack of security and credibility so we are not going to look at this paper yeah yeah i mean this is it's crazy this is just crazy i mean they were gas they, they were gaslighting you they were being violent they were threatening mm. you they were basically going to detain you look mm. if you ask anyone what mm. china is doing to the muslims in in the Uyghur, the Uyghur muslims they mm. will say this is wrong mm -hmm. what you went through is the exact same thing however yep. they're saying this is okay how is this okay how is it okay to tell you? Okay, so the, the, that's like saying the Chinese Uyghur Muslims should just yes. just dump their religion. They should just become, you know, like the other Chinese. They should be whatever I don't know, Buddhist or whatever. Like, exactly. How is it okay to tell them that? How is it okay to tell anybody that? How is it okay to tell you you should go back to Islam? You should go back to your country. You should pretend to be a Muslim, or you should just accept Islam. Your girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Now they're mm. telling your girlfriend she needs to convert to Islam, which is stupid. Mm. They're telling you life will be okay for your child, which it will not mm. be okay for your child. Mm -hmm. You're going to be miserable. How is that good for your? How how would you having to live this fake life be good for your kids? How would it be good for anyone? Exactly. And what you're doing is the right thing. You 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 are basically setting a precedent. You are in another case that they don't want you to to succeed, mm. but you need to succeed. You know. Exactly. That's why because I have. You know, I and my wife, we still have the spirit of fighting it. Yes. And we have a lot of people like you, you know, the the, the social on, online social medias and some of the people who are giving us encouragement and space. I can definitely can, you know, bring this matter to the higher level because I'm very, very straight on that. Yeah. You know, I already spoken to some of the lawyers as well, like human rights lawyers. And then I say yeah. that, yes, it's a cause involved. But I say that we have to bring this because, you know, without bringing this to the international court, None of these people will know what is Malaysia is doing, yeah. what is yeah. Malaysia is prosecuting. So this thing, you know, if, and, for and example... You know, we uh, also respect, like, religious minorities in Iraq. We understand what the ISIS did to Yazidis. Mm -hmm. You are a religious minority now. You should get the same right. If they can understand that mm -hmm. those Yazidis need to mm -hmm. come... Like, even even recently, they're, they're taking people, Muslims, from to escape from the Taliban. They're accepting them. Mm -hmm. So why, why is your case any different? You know, they, these governments, these institutions need to understand religious persecution is real. Mm. For, 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 for the Swedish migration agency, you see, for them, they have their, how to say that? I don't know. This looks like another religious department is sitting inside there doing some <laughs> assessment, <laughs> yeah. simply coming with all this kind. And then I did ask the court, I say to my lawyer, I say, ask this question. Where do they get this data? And, and I asked them to appeal for my court hearing. I say I want to go to the court. Let me talk. They yeah. have rejected that as well. It means they are making decision by themselves. Mm. There is no fair trial. So it means that you, you know, I will make decision by myself. That's it. One point of time, I will just cancel the asylum and then that's it. You can get out of this country. Example. This I is see, what I the see. Sweden's tactic of using yeah. this. So what they will do, they will drag your case. They bring to one point. And they will end stating that, you know, you can't appeal. And then the, the last court, that is the migration, you know, appeal court will say that, okay, the asylum is done. We are not going to take the initial order stays. It means whatever Malaysian done and doing is correct. Imagine that it's Sweden not, yeah, Sweden yeah. is supporting a prosecution towards a post that in Malaysia is correct. They're telling that, that it that's is crazy. correct. Yeah, that's crazy. It's, Seriously, this is what a dilemma that I'm going through with my family daily. 
you know it's not easy to be in, in sweden just like that you know it's not easy yeah. yes you, you know we are being very independent you know we are working and everything yes we are because we are we how to say that we are educated and then yeah. we you're not looking for a handout you you're, you're not looking for a handout you just want to start your life and you want to contribute to the country like any other person that came right and exactly. but but you're doing it on principle because you don't want to switch to work visa you want to get the asylum mm-hmm. because this is the right thing to do yes. because this will open the door for other people to see yes. that this is legitimate this is a real thing if you win this case this will help so many other people yes correct because because sweden is trying to stop me from doing that i can see that yeah because once if i succeed this it will open an opportunity for other people in malaysia as well you yeah. know we don't know that malaysia will change i have no idea that malaysia will change but yeah. it will change individual life that's been prosecuted as well you you understand what i say so in yeah. future if anything happened similar to my my situation so these people can go out and refer to my case that's been existed that that yes. is what i wanted yeah exactly exactly yeah it makes so, sense yeah you need to do this Yeah, so that's why, like you know, uh, I'm still waiting for my what is that from the reply from the court of migration board. I mean, the last court of appeal. I don't know when I'm going to get. So, so let's see what they're coming and yeah, we will move forward. And uh, I do email, you know, Ahmad Shahid. Yeah. Ahmad Shahid is the president of the religious council, I think. And then uh, I personally text him, and then I show him my papers, and he say that yes. you can uh, start the interim once the case has been uh, rejected so we mm-hmm. will start to initiate an uh, you know investigation on the whole uh, okay. country mm-hmm. so i think that's a very good positive another question i forgot to mention about amnesty yeah, yeah. amnesty if you refer to the amnesty website you can't uh, see yep. you can't find anything about malaysia prosecution no oh regarding religion apostasy you can't find anything and then i did personally contacted uh, what they call that amnesty in malaysia Mm-hmm. and then amnesty in uh, sweden as well yeah. and then they say strictly they say this to me first we cannot help you sorry bye bye amnesty just like that just like that and then uh, at the end i spoken to a person in sweden and then i say you know try to put the situation in my place how many yeah. people back in malaysia right now is suffering like me it's fine i'm out of malaysia you know i can for example instances i can just change to work visa i can stay it's fine but how, what will happen to this case it will forever will be buried you need to do something you need to investigate this thing you need to bring it to the light and what's the point of amnesty you know and yeah. at the end of it and then they said okay we will we will study about that you know because we don't have a report they say they don't have report so they want to study and then i contacted malaysian commission of human rights called suakam so they are the human rights department of fighting for you know all these rights so called mm-hmm. you know what they said they say this you know after you are upon i told them the story all the stories the rejection everything this is what they suggested me i will suggest you to stay uh, very far in the forest i say why i need to stay in the forest because you know you cannot be with your with your with your wife it's not legal for example if you're back in malaysia you'll have a child that will put the child in problem so you will stay in another state another site they call a sabasrawa you stay there if possible you stay in the forest what nonsense is this how do i stay in a forest so i tell to them i say i say i say that it's it's very nice for you to coming back with this and then i say that can you give some testimony what's happening in malaysia and she said i cannot do that i say why you are human rights commission 
They yeah. say no because you know uh, it's a very against the government, so I cannot do that. Mm. Can you see how it works? Yeah. So it means they are trying to cover this matter very well. So the Human Rights Commission, the government, the Sharia, you know, the Sharia law, everything is working very well to cover this matter. So anyone outside there, like in Sweden or in Europe or in Canada itself, people won't know. This is what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. like me, if people asking me why you're covering the face, this is the reason. If yeah. I open this, I can go missing. You know how many people don't you know it's been abducted in Malaysia? It's very risk. Yeah. So that is the reason. So I'm the reason why I text you and then I say that you know I need to bring this matter to the light. Let people know it. What's happening? Yeah. When it comes to Muslims, you know, when it comes to Muslim people are very welcoming in 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 Sweden. Yeah. Yeah. How about this? How about this? How about apostasy? How about people? How yeah. about atheists? How about for example a Christian or whatever, whatever race. Uh, how to say that uh, whatever religion, religion they are yeah. i mm. believe that everyone deserve to practice what they wanted to practice right yep. mm-hmm. that's what yeah, I believe. This, is, this is a paradox of tolerance when you're too tolerant and then the 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 tolerance allows people in there that basically take away the tolerance that's mm. what's happening right i mean you've you've allowed a lot of people into the society that mm. are intolerant Mm-hmm. And now they're taking their intolerance and the the using that to keep, you know, the values to the regressing the values of the the true goals of the society was to be more accepting and you know, mm-hmm. but this is the opposite. It's going the opposite direction now, which is unfortunate and sad, right? Uh, it's very very sad. Yeah, <laughs> stop scamming, man. Says opening that door, setting that precedent could be the kick up the ass for the Malaysian establishment that the Malaysian establishment <laughs> needs, right? That's the that's the thing. Um, a Christian pastor in Malaysia was kidnapped by a Malaysian Muslim yes. organization in broad daylight when missing is still yes. missing many years now. Yeah. Pastor Raymond Koo, yeah, he's yeah. been abducted by the government. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Um, so this your story's been amazing, and you know, I really appreciate you coming here, telling us all of this and um sharing the details. And I do hope that you know things will, will improve, that you will actually succeed in your asylum case. And uh, you know, reestablish yourself in this country, despite the fact that you didn't want to come here in the first place. It wasn't your choice. I, this was yes, no. This is not my choice. Actually, the reason yeah. is why I want to come here. The asylum is a different story. You know, I can. You know, it's different. This is to bring this prosecution, systematic prosecution, to the light. Yes. If I'm not doing this, who is going to do this, Samir? Samir, you see, tomorrow I can just go and get my job visa done. Yeah. It won't take a week. Oh, I wow. can do that. I can do that because you know, uh, you know, my work, my, my my wife is working, and then I'm I'm working as well. So we can mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. The reason why we are not doing that is I cannot think like other person. I cannot think like a normal person. That you know, okay, yes. I'm safe. I'm at Sweden. Okay, fine, <laughs> things solved. I cannot be like that. I need to bring this to the light. If I'm a living evidence, man, I'm a living evidence yeah. to the to the whole society. It's like, hey, I'm here, man. Look at me. I'm the one evidence. Study me, you know, take it yeah. what you need so that you know what is Malaysia's doing is very, very incorrect. You yes. know what I'm telling? You know, yeah. people, a government, a, a, a government is trying to, you know, going to people's private life, abducting people, everything. Yeah. That is very, very inhuman. It's a degrading people's human rights, you know, stealing our rights as opposed to see in Malaysia. So I think that by doing this, I hopefully... I will attain what I wanted so that I can help my people out there in my country there so that they have a solution. 
Truly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we want, we definitely want to get this to as many people as possible. There's actually quite a lot of people watching over 200 people are watching right now. Okay. Uh, your story is definitely resonating. I think with people in Malaysia, a lot of Malaysians always come to the channel and Indonesians and people from mm -hmm. Singapore, because I think they, they resonate with what you're saying. They've experienced this. A lot of them are not able to talk about this and then hiding yeah. your, your situation is unique in that you actually challenged the system. You actually yes. went across and you're like, I want to do this legally. You know, there are many people like that trailblazers in, in society that they don't take the quiet path, but they're like, no, I'm going to do what's right. You know, for example, um, you know, Martin Luther King and yeah. even, even Malcolm X, Rosa Parks, she's like, I'm not going to the back of the bus. They're like, mm -hmm. you're black or the back of the bus. She's like, no, I'm not yep. going to the back of the bus. And this changes society, right? I mean, it comes with a cost, a heavy cost. And, you know, we salute you for that and we appreciate this. I will definitely um you know share your story with some of my fellow youtubers and see if we can get you on some other channels as well to get sure. even more yeah. awareness this is such a this is such a crisis in sweden right now and this is such mm -hmm. an important issue and what you're doing is so important that you know we need to get this story out to as many people as possible so please do share this video guys um if you're new here do subscribe as well um any final words you want to share because we've had you almost for two hours now and i told you we're going to be like an hour hour and a half <laughs> is there any final things you want to share so i have your twitter linked on the profile yep. so people you can check out his twitter it's in the description box uh, and uh, you can follow i don't think you're tweeting anything yet but in case you want no. to contact him yep. that's one way you can contact Feruz. um anything else any final words you want to um add before we go is that me yes yeah would you you want to say want to, i just want to say to my people in back in Malaysia, I say that, you know, be safe, be safe always. Keep on in mind if someone is doing something for you outside there, okay, you can, uh, you know, maybe like a brother or like someone or fighting for our rights. And definitely I will do something for you guys. That's what my promise is. Until my breath is with my body, I will do something about this matter, okay? And thank you, Samir, for giving me this opportunity to, you know, to tell this in this channel. Really, really, you know, it's a big thing for me. Oh, you know what? I I spoke to you on the phone and, um, you know, that's how I filter people. If any, anyone wants to talk to me, I always talk mm -hmm. to them on the phone first just to get a feeling okay. of how, how things are. Okay. And uh, yeah, you are like people are saying you're a real life hero. It's true. Like you're doing really God's work, so to speak. <laughs> you know, that, that I, that's the best expression that comes to mind, even though I don't believe in God. Um, the long arm of Islam, like you said, yeah, the, they have this long arm and the tentacles and they reach into your <laughs> lives. Um and yeah, I think this is a positive place to end. You know, I'm wishing you yeah. the best and any support you need, anything you need, of course, contact me and um, people that are watching. Let's let's support Feiruz. Let's get this story out to as many people as possible so people understand that this is the real Malaysia. This is what they do and they can't stop us. They can't, you know, they can't keep this behind closed doors any longer like that's what they try to do they try to give you women they try to give you money and they try to bully you intimidate you they were going to put you into a detention center same thing that china is doing to to the weaker muslim they, they were going to do that to you forcibly convert you back to islam but of course none of that worked you stood strong you managed to escape you know you through the forces of the universe you ended up in sweden now you can't just keep going from country to country you're in sweden now so you need to establish yourself in sweden so i wish you the best in all of that and uh yeah stay safe you know yeah. 
and uh, and um, hopefully we'll we'll speak again at some point in the future, and maybe things will be better at that point. Definitely, definitely. Thank you so much for everyone and for Samir as well. Thank you. Oh yeah. If anyone wants to support the channel, as I forgot to say, you can also join the channel. Click join now below or join on Patreon to financially support the channel. We're doing some really great edited videos now. I have someone helping me with that. And um, the last one was by Hassan Radwan. So do check it out. Hope you enjoy it. And uh, we'll see you at the next uh, live stream. Uh, take care. Bye, everyone. Okay.